We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Helpin. Hey, everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Tuesday, October 9th edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Fantasy Draft. Uh, like every Tuesday, Jake Latarski is with me today, and it is waiver wire time. First, let's get to the Saints Redskins. There's a lot to talk about here. Josh Norman got benched, had a post-game Twitter beef with Michael Thomas. Drew Brees, <laughs> oh, by the way, Drew Brees broke the all-time passing record. Uh, I think the biggest fantasy thing here, Mark Ingram, If I don't think Alvin, I don't own any Alvin Kamara shares because I was off him before the season and I was wrong. Mm-hmm. But I, ha- I don't think the Alvin Kamara owners should worry after last yeah. night. Do you? You know, I, I think I agree with you. I have I have one Alvin Kamara share in five opportunities. I wasn't crazy about it, but you know, kind of got him seven eight in a draft one of these times, and I was okay with it. Could have been worse. Could have picked Leonard Fournette, but um, I don't know. Sean Payton's been saying all along that he wants to not have Alvin Kamara have such high usage. And part of the reason for Kamara's really high usage was them being in these shootouts and him getting 10, 15 targets in the passing game. That simply wasn't necessary today because this game was dominated by the Saints uh, through and through wire to wire. You know, Washington never really threatened outside of maybe the first quarter when it was close. So they got Ingram loose. They got him going. Even caught a couple passes. 
Definitely got the two touchdowns, helped fantasy owners. I think he'll be a continued start, of course, for fantasy owners. Of course, they're on a bye next week, so watch that. But I wouldn't be overly worried. I wouldn't be trying to dump Kamara at half his value or anything like that. I think we'll get closer to an, an, a more even distribution of fantasy points and touches, at least, as different game thro- flows happen throughout the season. Yeah, I, I think that, I mean, look, we knew Kamara, we knew Ingram was going to be involved when he came mm-hmm. back. I mean, that's that was just baked into, you know, everything up front. But remember down the stretch last year, Ingram started to lose snap share to Kamara. I mean, Ingram's a good player. Kamara's a better player. Mm-hmm. And if you're, you know, you're not going to get the, the volume you had on Kamara, like you said, but you're still going to do fine. I, I wouldn't worry that last night is, is what we're mm-hmm. going to have moving forward where, where legit, Ingram legit outsnapped him. Yeah. I so, almost worry more about, and I don't know how worried I am, maybe, maybe a five out of 10, but like, Taysom Hill getting those weird goal line carries. You know, that that's yeah. <laughs> that's more fearsome from a fantasy standpoint to have your backup quarterback somehow like that them try to get cr- tricky around the goal line instead of just handing it to Kamara or running a draw or what have you at Taysom Hill instead of Drew Brees in there. That was weird to me, but he did get a touchdown and that could have easily gone to Kamara to salvage a decent fantasy day or went to Ingram to have a huge fantasy day. So let's hope uh, they cut that up. Yep. Thanks, Sean Payton. Um, the Redskins, let's see. Uh, Adrian Peterson dislocated shoulder. He said right after the game that it's probably nothing, but we heard that before, so pay, stay tuned on that. Uh, Chris Thompson uh, hurt his ribs at one point. Paul Richardson, knee strain. That's a deep league thing, but you got to worry about that one. Uh, yeah, Vernon Davis, whatever. All right, we're going to look ahead to uh, week six in the free agents. Uh, any recommendations we make based on a 12-team league, we'll discuss it if it's otherwise uh, $100 budget if we're talking fab. Uh, the percent ownerships we did Monday, sometime between Monday evening and Tuesday morning. Jake and I both work on the document uh, that we share. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of update the numbers if we need to. Week six buys before we start Lions and Saints. So we talked last week about Mariota, who we can't trust, even though I did like that he ran the two weeks before. Trubisky, who's got a game at Miami and had that big game in week four. But my favorite, oh boy, Jameis Winston. Folks, Jameis Winston, 21% ownership on Yahoo, 13% ESPN. He is playing the Falcons, who I think have 100% of their defensive starters hurt, right? Is it 100% or am I overshooting a little bit, Jake? I mean, at least 100% of former Pro Bowlers probably, unless I'm missing someone real easy. Jarrett and Jones and Neal and everybody's out. This game over under 57 and a half. Jameis walks into the same situation that Ryan Fitzpatrick had. All right. Remember, check if you don't if you don't think Jameis is up to this, check the final five games of last year on his game log. Jameis is there, I have Jameis. I don't I don't have a ton of teams this year. I have five. I have Jameis in at least two starting lineups already. Actually, I think three. Like I am rolling. I am ready. Are you? Yeah, I'm definitely ready. I mean, okay, so. Ryan Fitzpatrick through the first you know weeks of Jameis's suspension, he still leads the league in yards per attempt at 10.5. And if you think anything of Jameis, he's going to be somewhere in that realm. He's got the weapons to do it. And the more important thing is, is even if you don't believe us long term, you don't like him long term, you think he's mechanically flawed or you think that team is going to crumble at some point or another at least give him an ad for this week because he probably creeps into the top 15. He's at Atlanta. Uh, of course, like you said, everyone's hurt. The over-under on that game is 57 and a half. So if you don't believe us, at least give him a run this week because he's probably better than any of the other streaming options we're going to throw out there. Yeah, no hesitation about rolling with him right now, right? I mean, mm-hmm. with, without any, you know, with a little bit of playing time that he had against the Bears and, you know, mm-hmm. through a couple of picks. 
Exactly. Um, I mean, if you fun. have Drew Brees on a buy, if you have Matt Stafford on a buy, like if you have Drew Brees, you're probably not really worried about rostering any other quarterbacks and could very well be streaming one this week and, you know, maybe seeing what happens the rest of the year. I mean, Jameis is going to be the number one ticket, no doubt. I mean, who I, – I, I don't have my rankings up in front of me. Jameis has got to be a top 10 quarterback for me this week. Be. Yeah, I mean, definitely top 15. I could see people starting a little bit hesitant. We usually get our uh, our value meter and rankings up uh, up about a little later, later Tuesday afternoon, so you could see if Jeff concurs with us. But definitely top 15 for me. You could make a case for top 10 with uh, at least Breeze and Stafford, a couple regulars in the top 10 on a bye. Okay. Let's see. Are the projections up yet? Yes, Usually because those are, are. math. So hold on. Project, Rotowire projections of James. 13th? Come on. Come on, Liss. What are you doing? Hey, that, ain't, that ain't too bad. That's not bad. I'm, and I'm not sure he's the one that exactly is the, is the person to blame for those because there's a lot of math in there and the, the total on the game definitely helps. But oh. uh, like I said, top 15. So I'm blaming Liss. I don't care what you say. Okay. I'm totally yeah, Everyone him. get after him on Twitter. He'll figure I am. It out. I'm going to tell him later. Okay, but seriously, like, just for one example. And I know that you know that there are... There is math and there are computer programs that go in here and there is some manual influence, but it's not like you can take a guy who's, you know, 15th and put him first. It's not, that's not the way we do the projections mm-hmm. here because, because that would be not sm- a smart way to do it. However, I'm looking at one comparison, for instance, Jameis or Carson Wentz. That's a no brainer for me. Wentz is ahead of him and that is a no brainer Jameis pick for me. I don't know if I'd go as far as saying no brainer. You know, Wentz had a twenty-four point fantasy day last. I get, yeah, the Giants are tough. I'll, I'll give you that. The Falcons are a disaster. Okay. Yeah, yeah, know. I can give you that. I I'll so, give you that. I, I have guess, so but. drunk the James Kool Aid for this week. I, okay. All in. So. All yeah. right. Well, at least in daily, we can do it in daily. That that's where we can agree on. I think everybody's going to do it in daily, unfortunately. But yeah, we'll see. probably. All we'll right. see. I don't know. Might let's see well some stay. other ones. Okay. Yeah, um, let's give a couple more. Yeah, I don't want to talk about James all day. Derek Carr um, gets the. Seahawks in London over under is 47 and a half, which is not, as you noted in the notes, is not actually a big number anymore. Yeah, not uh, in 2018. So projected point total for Carr here is, so I don't know, 22-ish, something like that. Is that about right? Because the Seahawks are favored by three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, again, Seahawks without Earl Thomas. Last week, you know, Jared Goff didn't light him up from a fantasy perspective, but it was it was Todd Gurley that did. So that could very easily. Change. I mean, G- Jared Goff is the only other quarterback uh, outside of Fitzpatrick with double digit yards per attempt this year. Might be down some weapons. Um, we'll see about that. But um, anyway, okay, I'll get too far off track here. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is, yeah, Car- Car's okay. I-, I looked at his international history. He got trounced by the Dolphins in 2014 when he was a rookie, so I don't take too much into that, and he hasn't been back to London since then. Just a couple of trips to Mexico City, so you can't really rely on that, but uh, but again, a Seattle defense minus uh, Earl Thomas, and who knows? Carr's got weapons. He can He's viable. He's available. Um, it's an okay stream option. Again, if you're really stuck, if you are if you had Breeze and Breeze only in a 14-teamer, then maybe you'd probably look to Carr. Do you think anyone else is researching Derek Carr's international history, folks? Nope. Not anybody. <laughs> Jake is, though. He's all over it. Every detail. Um, next up, Baker Mayfield at home against the Chargers. Baker had a nice game against, you know, the, the, the stats against the Ravens, even though it was a 12-9 game, stats weren't bad. You know, a little shy on the touchdown part, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the Chargers defense, you know, struggling. This could be 
Interesting. The over under here is I don't have that up. I should, and I well, don't. I, I do got it up Thank here. You. Hang on a second. It's uh, forty four and a half. So not crazy. Okay. But again, you got you got Cleveland. So it's less than the uh, than the London game. But you got Cleveland at home. Uh, the Chargers giving up twenty six points a game. I know it's kind of short in the season to really take a whole lot of, out of those stats. Bottom half in passing yards allowed per game. Just you know the basic defensive stats. So I, what I'm saying is they're not a crazy matchup. Although the Browns defense is good, I think the Chargers offense is pretty good too. So it'll be maybe a little close back and forth game, and Mayfield could be a decent streaming option. Okay, uh, I like that too. Uh, and Baker is owned. Let's check his ownership on Yahoo here. Baker is. I got thirty-seven percent here. Thirty-seven percent sounds about right. And Jameis is twenty-one. Everybody, just so mm-hmm. you know. All right, not for long. Not for long, guys. I know. Um, Eli Manning against the Eagles. That's a stretch for me. After, even after yeah. the way he played the other day, the Eagles, the Eagles defense has not been the Eagles' problem, and the over/under in that game is forty-four. So the Giants' projected point total, I think, is twenty and a half. So yeah. that's a little. Uh, I mean, you Again, could, but you'd have to j- be in just trouble. tossing some, just tossing some names sure. out here. There aren't any, there aren't any big, you know, injuries or role changes or sudden, like obvious ones outside of James. So it was, you know, beyond James. We needed to talk about something in the quarterback department. So and you got two know. good quarterbacks off. Which is a big deal. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody might not have the option of, you know, grabbing Carr, Mayfield, or even Jameis. You never know. Because like, if you're in leagues with me, I was the dummy who hoarded Jameis for five weeks, and that was a problem. But now I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Just I may have dug myself too big of a hole in, you know, one or two of them, but whatever. Um, all right. So otherwise, two QB leagues. Sam Darnold's, I mean, not a lot of volume. You would think that if the Jets are going to do well, which I actually think they will this week, the volume's not going to be particularly high for Sam Darnold, so he's going to be pretty mm-hmm. touchdown dependent, right? Yeah, people, I mean, they'll see he threw three touchdowns last week. You know, a lot of that was due to the big play, but he was just 10 for 22 passing. Not great. Has a pretty decent matchup against the Indianapolis defense at home. Um, I, it, it, For me, you know, indirectly that game depends on the Indianapolis injury situation, which we'll get a better picture of throughout the week. So I don't know. He's going to be owned. In, I, I don't know what to do with Darnold in a fantasy perspective. Maybe I just wrote that down out of stream of consciousness because he's no. going to be owned in two quarterback leagues. He's going to, um, you know, he's a fringe option. He's probably below most of the other ones that we talked about because he'll be he'll be up and down all year. And hey, to get, it doesn't take much to get into the top 24 if you're in a two QB league. I mean, he's, he starts ahead of Josh Allen and Josh Rosen right off the mm-hmm. bat because they've yeah, got tough no matchups on the road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say he's definitely him. Him and Baker will be teeter tottering for the best fantasy rookie or leading fantasy rookie in terms of points scored yep. all year. All right, rank him. Well, Jameis number one for sure, and then I'm going to put Carr just a hair ahead of Mayfield. All right, I don't know. I don't know, but that's a tough one for me. Mm-hmm. I got to think about that. Um, anybody we want to drop? I mean, you can always drop in 12 team leagues where you start one quarterback. You can always drop a second quarterback and stream one if you need to later. Um, Dak is struggling, man. And this yeah. this week, I mean, you don't, you definitely don't need him now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I figure he's going to play the Jaguars this week. You know, and that game's forty and a half is the total. Um, you know, the Jaguars they gave up thirty to Patrick Mahomes last week. I wouldn't look too far into that, but you're definitely obviously not using Dak this week. So what are you keeping him for? Right. Is what I'm saying. And then you know, you know, the other games, both Flacco and Mariota, they're heading for another grinder. It looks like I, the total on that game's forty-one. Um, again, probably not using either of them. You don't really trust Mariota after what you saw last week. Again, kind of an up and down guy. So if you're not using him this week, you're probably going to cut bait. 
Uh, the Roto Wire projections have Dak at QB 30. That's 30 out of 30, folks. Uh, Flacco 26, Mariota 25. So uh, to Jake's mm-hmm. point, the projection system does not like any of them. Folks, at Fantasy Draft, we put players first. Fantasy Draft has $100,000 running gun weekly feature GPP with a $25 buy-in. It's got a $500,000 Fantasy Draft championship. Weekly qualifiers are happening now, and that's with the Week 16 final. There is super flexible lineup construction, making it easier to sweat the players that you love to watch instead of scraping down through the dregs like like you know I do elsewhere. We all do elsewhere. It's easier to win in Fantasy Draft because Fantasy Draft pl- pays out at least 25% of the field in every single contest. So go to Fantasy Draft now. Use promo code ROTOWIRE, and you get a, four, a $4 GPP ticket with your initial deposit just for signing up. So sign up at Fantasy Draft. Use promo code ROTOWIRE, and that'll give you a free $4 GPP ticket. You can get started. You can start a lineup for week six, and you can get rolling with Jameis Winston leading the way for you. So Fantasy Draft, we put players first. Running backs. Uh, last week, we talked Hines, who who lived up to the hype, man, in, mm-hmm. in week five, because they can't run. So they let him run. They threw to him. He was all over the place. Yeah, yeah, they were down the whole game, essentially, and they need the back that's best at dumping things off to. And I would say Hines is going to be in play, um, definitely as long as Marlon Mack is out, maybe even in PPR leagues as a average-ish flex option after that, because Mack did come back already this year, didn't do much, then got hurt again, so... We'll see, you know, just because Mac comes back doesn't mean Hines is an automatic drop. Um, the other guy, though, from last week, TJ Eldon, he's all the way up to like 90% ownership, as yep. he should be. Because I don't, because DVR mentioned this on Twitter the other day. I just think, I don't think we're going to see Fournette until after the bye. Right. And we're, pre- and I think we're sure already that we're not going to see him in week six. So um, I, mm-hmm. we talked about Nick Chubb, too. And we talked about being careful because even though he had three good carries against the Raiders. We talked about how, well, Carlos Hyde's still there. And even though Hugh Jackson said we're going to use Chubb more, that didn't mean he was going to get you know the ball 15 times. And he did. Yeah. And if you, start, you got, if you got cute and started him, you 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 paid dearly mm-hmm. for it. Oh, yeah. He got the exact same amount of carries as he did last week, but he only got two yards out of it instead of 100-plus. So, yeah, that's something you're going to have to deal with with uh, the young back. Again, we recommended him in a slow week for running backs as a stash option, but hopefully we got some more names for you this week that will be viable. Yeah, and, and actually, I mean, with Chubb, he's one of those guys who – He's an end of the bench if you got room. That might work out. Someone I saw, it might have been Heaney on Twitter, because the, there's been a lot of Le'Veon Bell to the Eagles rumors with JHI injuries. And, and I think it was Tim that said, you know, because the Eagles are denying that this will happen, which I don't think I believe them, but whatever. Um, and Tim's comment was, you know, what if it's Carlos Hyde? Like I said, I think it was Tim. I don't want to misattribute. But um, mm-hmm. if that was the case, then jackpot for Nick Chubb. You know, that's just, that's a speculation. So we'll see. Um, otherwise, Mike Davis, as a second banana, he got some work. The Seahawks seem pretty committed to running the ball if they can. I just don't know who they can do it against. They probably can against the Raiders, right? Yeah, yeah, I would say they could. Um, this was, it was just confusing to me because Carson still had 19 carries. The Mike Davis is 12 carries. Carson, a slightly better yards per carry, 6.1. And Davis is 5.7. But it was Davis that had the touchdown. If Davis didn't have the touchdown, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation again. Because Carson, right. you know, he, they, they, you know, Davis got targeted one more time in the passing game. I guess Rashad Penny um, must be banged up or something, or unless he was a healthy scratch, I totally missed that. But um, but yeah, it looks like Carson and Davis. The only one I'm safe starting though is probably Carson still. Okay, um, the last guy, Ronald Jones, got some time. Uh, you know, you all picked him in. You all picked him in the fifth round and early in the summer. 
and he was inactive for a few weeks. He got some work. He got some run against the Bears in week four, but it was a blowout, so it's hard to tell if that works. Um, I don't feel like I have a good handle on how much he's going to work his way in um, in place of Peyton Barber yet. Yeah, I mean, this is a tough this is a tough one because there's there's little doubt in my mind that Jones is more talented. Yep. But we see this there's there's coaches all across the league that refuse to use their more most talented backs. You know, I could go on a rant for for days about Mike McCarthy and Aaron Jones. But in this in this particular case, I think that there's a time this year when he does start to get steadily more work than Peyton Barber and he'll be useful primarily. I think he'll get catches out of the backfield as well. So that's going to help. Jameis can scramble around, evade pressure a little bit. He could be there as a potential target. Again, he's not someone that I definitely advise picking up and throwing him in your lineup this week. But if you've got the bench space, I think that you can you can, you can can afford to use a spec add on him. I do like him a little bit. Team high 10 carries in that Chicago blowout. Played 20 snaps. It was his first game active. Uh, I think he only that trajectory only heads up from there for him. I think you're probably right. All right. Who else you got this week on the radar? Mm-hmm. Well, I started up by writing down Wendell Smallwood because that was the obvious one. But then the more and more I thought about it and I looked at the percent ownerships, uh, provided, of course, the Eagles don't make a move, which, uh, you know, we can't assume they're going to. So let's just assume they're not. Um, provided they don't make a move, it's got to be Corey Clement, right? He's only 24% Yahoo, 28% ESPN. He already logged a full practice on Monday, played 45 snaps week f- week three. Um, Clement's going to be the guy for me. You know, now Smallwood, he's in play, 8% Yahoo, 7.5% ESPN. There's there have been backs before that have started off slow to their their career, but I would take Clement over Smallwood if you can. Now chances are, um, you know maybe Clement's less likely to be available. Of course, that's what the numbers say. I think both of these guys could be viable again, provided they don't make any additions. But Clement would be my number one pick for the week in Philadelphia. Of course, all this because JHI is now on IR with the torn ACL. All right, but but this situation doesn't lend itself to a back taking over. I mean, they're good waiver ads for fantasy because they're going to get some work. But I don't personally, I don't know how you feel about it, looking at Clement and Smallwood and if Sproles comes back at some point, that we're going to see someone go, all right, he's the man. I don't think there is a man. I think there's a lot of guys. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of guys, but I will still take someone like Clement over someone that mm-hmm. that maybe uh, over the next guy on our list. Let's you know we can get to him is Alfred Morris uh, from the 49ers here with the Brita injury, who, who who might be the the man, but I think Smallwood can do more with less touches. Okay, so and, yeah, uh, Clement as well. You know? Right. So Alfred Morris is next. He's 43 percent on Yahoo, 50 ESPN. Uh, Matt Breida injured his ankle on, in Sunday's game. It turns out it looks like it's not a high ankle sprain. So it, it's not a, it looked bad when he first got hurt. And when you hear high ankle sprain, you think, oh, four or five weeks. Um, sounds like he won't be out for too long, but he's probably going to miss week six. So Alfred Morris is going to get a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think they came pretty close to ruling him out already if they haven't yet. Um, so something to look there um but yeah so alfred morris would be the guy next man up of course you know that depth chart uh not a whole lot going on after that you know you can't really get you can't who's next up after brita and morris raheem mostert um so you know there's not gonna be any fantasy utility there uh more morris gets the call by default Coach Kyle Shanahan, it's a Monday night game, so it's a weird, little bit of a weird situation from a fantasy perspective, but it is against Green Bay, who has given up a, a good amount of rushing yards to a lot of different people this year. Uh, so Morris would be a pretty safe RB2 this week, provided he gets the job. And we'll see um, if Breida practices later in the week, if that changes anything. But I wouldn't be counting on Breida for much. 
and Morris would probably get the goal line. We're provided, you know, CJ, or I'm sorry, yeah, CJ Bethard can uh, move the ball. Right. So yeah, I don't, I wouldn't count on Brita this week. So Morris is a play, but if you're bidding, I wouldn't blow much of my budget on Morris because it sounds like Brita's mm-hmm. absence is not going to be extended. Yeah, so. I mean, the the running backs on by this week, you know, of course, Ingram and, and Kamara, and then you're looking at the Detroit, the carry-on Johnson, LeGarrette Blount, you know, that that type of theoretic, what have you, that type of mix isn't really in your starting factor because of the way they spread it around. So nobody's in a super desperate situation for a running back this week where if there are four teams on by, then I could see, okay, maybe try 17 on Morris just to make sure you get your guy for a week. But, you know, although this upcoming schedule – it's it's not that great. I mean, after Green Bay, it's uh, versus the Rams at Arizona versus Oakland versus the Giants, then a bye. So even if Breida misses two or three weeks, Morris isn't – he's he's a fringe RB2 throughout that stretch. All right. Um, last guy on your list, 14% on Yahoo, 15.5 ESPN, Alfred Blue. Uh, Lamar Miller, we don't know his week six status yet. We think he's going to be back. He should be back. He was active. He just didn't play. Kind of the worst case scenario for fantasy owners. So, I mean, Alfred Blue, could you? Do you want to? I mean, see, when we started talking about the Eagles, and I wrote down Wendell Smallwood as the first guy that came to my head. Oh, duh! But then the more I analyzed the situation, the more I was like, okay, Clement's probably going to get the edge here in terms of you know carries at least and touchdowns for the rest of the year. So I started writing about Alfred Blue, thinking about the Miller injury and. Yeah, I could see maybe some short-term utility out of blue, but not a ton. But the more I thought about it, I was like, well, what about Deontay Foreman as a spec ad? Mm -hmm. You know, blue, I thought, you know, from just watching the game and not really following along with the stats, I was like, oh, blue's running better than than Miller was. But then I look and and blue had 20 carries for 46 yards, 2.3 yards per carry. It was really the eight targets that saved his fantasy day, all of which he caught for 73 yards. But, yeah, that just made me keep thinking, man, these running backs are horrible. And... Deontay Foreman's probably going to be back in November. I looked him up, I kind of on RotoWire. That's the greatest thing, you know. Type the guy in, see where he's at, um, and it looks like he's on track from off-season Achilles surgery. You never really know with Achilles surgery; right. can be very tough to come back from. But we thought pretty highly of him before the injury. He was creeping up on stealing Lamar Miller's job before the injury, and uh, I mean, early, early drafts this year. Um, you know, maybe got him a little bit earlier, but uh, I think I like him as a spec ad more of some, love someone like blue where I'm taking and considering putting in my lineup. Again, you always have to have the bench space, so it can be tough to make these recommendations, but this is just like that Eagles example where, where the logic, my gut said one guy right away, but then I started looking at it some more and I was like, you know what, maybe I'll look to Deontay Foreman as a spec ad, especially if I can get him for zero or $1 because there's going to be a week where people snatch him up. Uh, and I'm with you on that. I think he's a spec. The thing, the, the thing is with him, there's a clear path to a job with, with the, the struggles they've had in the running game. There is a path, but however, like you said, recoveries from Achilles injuries have not been common. You know, a guy, it, it, they're not a, a long list. If there is a list of guys who have come back from Achilles injuries and it's like, Oh, Hey, he's just like he was before. It hasn't really worked that way. So he's got a, he's got a tough mountain to climb here, but if he is healthy, you could have a second half of the year, you know, back who's going to carry the ball 12 to 15 times would be pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I, I see people in drafts all the time punting the running back position and hanging on to these flyers yes. or, or going after these flyers. You know, he's, he's a 22-year-old guy, ran for 2,000 yards and 15 touchdowns his last year of college. Uh, you know, 
4.2 yards per carry last year. We had him projected before the injury. I can see this on the website for 532 yards and five touchdowns. Modest, but you know if he he could get that in the last six seven games of the year if he's back for him. Yep. All right, rank him. Rank him. Um, for me, it goes to Clement first, then Alfred Morris, then Ronald Jones. I think that's a good ranking. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Smallwood it, doesn't quite fit in there. Somebody's going to bid for him, though. Uh, let them spend their money, I guess. If I'm looking longer term, I might even jump Jones over the other guys. But that yeah. depends on how mm-hmm. far, far ahead I'm looking. Yeah, that, I mean, if we're looking longer term, then you, you know you could argue Foreman gets in the mix because we're talking you know from now until rest of the season, and and we still don't know what this Philadelphia situation is going to be like exactly if they bring some someone in anything like that. So long the the term definitely changes it, but you know over the next couple of weeks for for me it wasn't too tough going Clemens Clemen Morris Jones. All right, um, as far as drop candidates, so uh, we talked about JHI already. Um, one guy I talked about with Tim on Monday, Rashad Penny. Yeah, I, I I didn't realize what happened to him because I was looking at the box score as we were talking about Mike Davis and what what he did. Um, Penny was active; he just didn't play any snaps on offense right. in, in in this game. Um, yeah, we don't quite have the snap snap counts up yet, but so maybe got limited special teams work. But uh, that puts him on the drop list in most formats. Okay, yeah, I, I I'm with you. I mean, if he's buried behind two guys and we're through week five, I mean, you know, enough waiting, everybody. It's probably mm-hmm. not going to happen. All right, wide receivers. Last last week we talked about a bunch of PPR types. Uh, mm-hmm. QT, Ryan Grant, Willie Sneed, Taylor Gabriel. Uh, QT still in, in our threshold of ownership, 34% Yahoo, 20% ESPN. What was he, 6 for 51 the other night and got that touchdown? Or was it a shovel pass, basically? Mm-hmm. So uh, I like I mean, that. I mean, that was – he got – I don't know if Fuller's still not 100%, but he definitely was uh, used more than Fuller. Yeah, so – he of those guys, uh, I think to 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 your point in the notes here, he's probably he's got to be our favorite. Yeah, this is more of a running back week than a receiver week. Yeah. Uh, it's funny how it tilts back and forth like that because some one week you have all these awesome receivers and, and no running backs, and this week uh, it's kind of the other way around. So yeah, if we have to rank, he's probably number one because he's, he was targeted seven times, caught six of them. Um, you know, at host Buffalo next week. At Jacksonville the week after, which is a tougher matchup, but you know, obviously it's Ramsey will get a lot of Hopkins, I think. And then you got Miami Denver bye weeks. So um he's somebody that in fourteen team stake league with three wide receivers is suddenly in my mix to start as a wide receiver three on a weekly basis. And uh I had to throw him on the list because he meets our threshold. I I could see, you know, at least a ten if you didn't go last week, chances are you don't need to spend a huge bid on him, but you know, you could try a ten, twelve dollar bid, maybe even a little bit more if you really need it. All right. Um Another guy who who meets our threshold, Robbie. Robbie Anderson, Sam Darnold took some deep shots and he hit Robbie Anderson twice for touchdowns. Now, the target count wasn't big, but before the season, we thought Robbie Anderson was going to rack up some yards. And um, is, is he fully, is he back enough for you to take a shot at? I don't know. I think of him more like, he, he's he's going to put fantasy numbers up kind of like an Amari Cooper where you're going to get so frustrated by starting him and starting him and getting five points or less constantly over and over again, which, uh, you know, outside of that touchdown he had week one, it was five point six points or less for the next three weeks. Very tough to deal with. So then you put him on your bench or cut him and then he does this. So it's tough. And he's, he's got Indian Minnesota at home for the next couple of weeks. Minnesota secondary uh, struggled a little bit. The defense isn't living up to what we expected beforehand. So yeah, you can pick him back up, start him as a wide receiver three, but you have to be willing to bite the bullet on those five point weeks because there's going to be, what, you know, what does he have here? 
11 more weeks in the year, there's probably going to be, you know, three or four of those weeks. And maybe that might even be generous. So let's say two or three of those weeks, like uh, this Denver game this week, and the rest of those are going to be five-point weeks, and, and you're going to have to stomach it. He'd be a best ball dream, but most of us yeah. don't have that luxury. All right. Hey, it sounds like the weed whacking guys just took a break outside my window, so that's good. Oh, no <laughs> way. Go. He's firing it back up again. <laughs> it's got a little loud while you were talking. Oh, jeez. Well, well, at least I, I can't hear it, so I don't think our listeners can. Really? Uh, fortunately, yeah. It's, it's deafening here jeez yeah it's just there's a lot of yard work going on to my next door neighbor i gotta i at gotta tell them to warn them away from the tuesday 11 o'clock eastern window <laughs> at, at least you're not out there doing yard work that's true i'm sitting Could here be talking worse. to you which is pretty cool all right christian yeah. kirk is up next he uh josh rosen hit him early with that early mm-hmm. touchdown on sunday there we've talked for a couple of weeks about how you know that whole chemistry between the two rookies coming off the bench thing might work uh, we've seen it happen before um, Kirk's target count wasn't high, but you know, Rosen found him again. So, so there, I mean, yeah. there, there's hope here. There's potential, there's possibility, right? Yeah, definitely. I've picked him up in two leagues and at the very least I'm not dropping him. Uh, so I, I guess you take with that what you will. He might squeak into flex or, or, or wide receiver three as bye weeks start to approach. So that's kind of how I treat him. Not a must start, but I think he's getting there to where it's 12 or beyond. He should probably be owned. All right. Um, with the Packers, it, what, what's your threshold of wanting to get Marquez Valdez-Scantling? Does, does, do you have to know if Allison's out again? Do you take a flyer on him before you know what the status is? What do you do? Yeah, for me, it's it's not really high. I'm not rushing to do it because, you know, not that I don't like him and don't think long term that he can be pretty good. Uh, but I assume Allison's going to come back. It was a concussion and he already missed the week. So we're just going to operate under the assumption that by the time Monday night rolls around, he'll be ready to go. Um, and then eventually Randall Cobb will be back in the mix. Um, so after when those guys and Devante and Jimmy Graham are all good to go, there's not much of a role for Valdez Scantling. But if Cobb stays out another week and uh, I know like Devonte Adams had that calf thing emerge in practice, he was obviously just fine. 140 in a score, big game for him. Um, spell that Scantling is around, um, maybe some deeper in dynasty leagues. You would consider it a little bit more, but it was a slow week. I had a tough time coming up with names and, uh, he had a pretty good game last week. So I guess he makes the list just so we can explain the situation from our perspective. Yep. Got it. Um, saints, Traquan Smith, and the saints also a big game, but, Two, three for 111 and two touchdowns sounds awesome. Three targets, maybe not so mm. awesome, and they have a bye coming. Um, Mohamed Sanu had another – I'm thinking of the person on Twitter who I told to bench Mohamed Sanu. I don't know who it oh. was, but th- that didn't work out well. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, but I'm still, I'm still lukewarm on Mohamed Sanu. Even with them throwing a lot, he's the third guy, and uh, he's, he's a bye week type for me. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's not a – I mean, benching Mohamed Sanu is going to be the right call more weeks than not. He's definitely the third guy for me. And, heck, didn't Austin Hooper get 12 targets or something like that this week? So he's going to be inconsistent. I, maybe it was just a weird game flow this week. All right. Um, the only other one I wanted to mention, do you have any interest in – actually, Ryan, we talked about Ryan Grant early. The guys on the, the, guys on the Colts, if Hilton's out again – I mean, those guys are going to get good volume, Grant and Rodgers. They're just not going to do much. It's going to be a lot of dink and dunk, which is, you know, not too productive unless you're sort of in a in a bye week pinch in PPR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Grant got nine targets against the Patriots this week, and that was a game where they were essentially down 
the entire time, and it, it never got much better. So they're throwing a whole lot. Um, Rodgers got 11 targets. So, you know, not super attractive, but wide receiver three and fits, you know, 16 team PPR status. Uh, I think, I think Grant's a little bit safer for whatever reason. I just, you know, looking at the career trajectories of these guys, Grant seems like just a better receiver. Now the targets could go back and forth a little bit, but you really can't expect like massive games from either of these guys. All right. Um, the only other guy I was thinking about was Martavis Bryant, but his snap count dropped this week, I think after the fumble. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to worry about him. Uh, you like QT best out of these guys, right? Yeah, I would say QT. And then it's, it's really close for me, but I guess I go Robbie Anderson because there's more of a pedigree and then Christian Kirk, uh, all those guys should be back to rostered this week. And, uh, if you were thinking about Rashad Higgins, Rashad Higgins got hurt, right? Did he get hurt? I think he got Did hurt. I miss that? I missed that in the game. My ball. internet's acting up, so I can't look at any pages right now, by the way, folks. So, um, But I think Rashad oh. Higgins got hurt. Jeez. Oh, geez. Yeah, so Rashad Higgins is likely out at least two weeks. Yeah. So in that situation, because I've got internet here in Madison, I will look up Antonio Callaway's availability on Yahoo, which I'm guessing he didn't have another. He had another slow game, so he sits around 27%. Gets a pretty friendly matchup against the Chargers this week. So like, on the fly, we're figuring this out for you. But Antonio Callaway, who I didn't let go in stake league. I didn't let go in my 16-teamer because I do buy his skills long-term without Higgins sneaking in there and getting all those targets. Well, he's not got a ton of targets, but 60-plus yards in each of the last two weeks. Maybe it's finally Callaway's time to shine. All right. Um, as far as droppable players, see, there's a lot of them here. And I was talking to someone last night. I, I had someone asking me about Alex Collins. I'm like, all right, well, what are you going to replace him with? I mean, Raheem Mostert? No, you're not going to do that. But receiver-wise, I mean, Hogan, droppable stills, probably, right? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Crowder? They're all healthy in Miami. Uh, Crowder's a tough one, man, because I, I thought he had a good matchup this week and just couldn't happen. I think, I, I mean... Alex Smith might be bringing him down by not slinging it as yeah. much as you know other guys. You know, Kirk Cousins definitely slinged it to him a little bit more um, back then. So yeah, Crowder I guess kind of sneaks into the drop list for sure. I own him in a twelve-team league where you start three receivers, and I'm already pretty thin at receivers because I blew all my money on Zeke Elliott and Joe Mixon at the auction. So I'm keeping him around, but you know he's he's someone who I'm thinking about benching for guys like Christian Kirk and Geronimo Allison. All right, uh, and Anun was in there for me too much as I like him. I think what's happening is that some of these guys, because the scoring is up so much, those, mm-hmm. those you know, five for 60 PPR guys are not quite as valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're, they're a dime a dozen. I mean, Anuno only got five targets this past week after starting the year 10, 11, 8, and 8. Yeah, of course, a little bit of that game flow. But, um, but yeah, you, I think you hit that right on the head, John. The scoring being up makes these these 10 point PPR guys. I don't even have any receivers, you know, like in, in the Yahoo projections uh, on the league. I don't have receivers that in my PPR leagues are expected to get less than 10 points. Most people I pick up off the wire are expected to get 10 points. So I think that's your replacement level player in a PPR format this year. Right. I mean, you have Aguilar on your list. I mean, it's possible. I could see it. I, I hate to say yeah. it, but I could see it. No, yeah. I, you know, I, I throw guys like this because I'm obviously not cutting him in my 12 and 14 teamers, but if you're starting to get stuck in your 10-teamer and you need a quarterback this week or you need something, uh, you know, if you're in a 10-team, no PPR whatsoever league, Oni Aguilar is tough. He's only targeted four times. He's really the return of Valshon Jeffrey. I thought Aguilar, at this stage, in, it, it, at each stage in their prospective careers, I, or respective careers, sorry, 
I thought Aguilar was going to be better than Jeffrey this year. Yep. But that hasn't been the case so far. Jeffrey's came back and taken a big-time part of the target share. And even in games where the Eagles have been behind, Aguilar's just not getting used a ton. So he's definitely coming out of my starting lineup. I agree. All right, tight ends. Um, Cameron Brait, we talked about last time. You know, they were going into a bye, so the urgency wasn't quite there. I mean, O.J. Howard has uh, has has out performed Brait, but Jameis being back, Jameis seems to like Brait. I mean, the, the offense is steering more toward Howard than Brait this year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Brait is but always... It, I mean, and the thing is about Brait, tight end is such a dumpster fire that you could consider it. I mean, you know, Brait, the, the, the odds of Brait getting a touchdown probably have to be top mm-hmm. 10 among tight ends, I would guess. Yeah, I mean, so long-term, once we're looking at, like, let's say week 10 and beyond, I do like O.J. Howard... Maybe a little bit more. You know, I, I, I just buy the athleticism from somebody who's 6'6", 250, um, as, as opposed to break. But short term, O.J. Howard, didn't. he's wearing a heavy brace and didn't take part in uh, practice yesterday. He's got that MCL sprain, initial timeline of two to four weeks. This would only be his second week. So I'd be pretty surprised if Howard played in week six at Atlanta. So Brayton season long is very startable. Um, and in daily, he's going to be pretty cheap too. He'd be, you know, you got to go against the grain a little bit because everyone's going to try to own Jameis in the GPP. So maybe Brate's the guy you pair him up with. Uh, maybe, yeah, I think that's, we'll good, see that that's, that's a good call right there. Um, we'll mention Austin Hooper. He's a little high on the ownership level, but he's starting to get used more 57% Yahoo, 49% ESPN. As you said, 12 targets in the game on Sunday that they got blown out. But uh, he, he's starting to, I mean, again, be, because of the way the tight end position is gone, you, you, this is a possibility here. Yeah, yeah. So someone like Hooper definitely gets in there. I mean, he again, the threshold is tough, but, you know, he should he should probably be picked up. It's just been an awful year for tight ends. Yep. Um, other guys we can talk about, um, yeah, because, again, because tight ends has been so bad. Jeff Swain's actually starting to get a little frisky. He's, he's you know, the type of guy who can catch three or four passes a week. Uh, CJ Uzoma ran a lot more routes than Tyler Croft did. So if you're going to pick a Bengals tight end or go after one of those Bengals mm-hmm. tight end, Uzoma would probably be it. Uh, Nick Vanette, what do they have? Three or four catches for the Seahawks? And he's yeah. 3% owned. So mm-hmm. I'd, I'd probably take someone like, you know, this was a guy I had put on our list late here. So I, I don't know if you saw, but Ryan Griffin would probably go yeah. over Nick Vanette. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to be pretty much he's uh, that's right. There's a quarterback, Ryan Griffin. So make sure you pick up the right one. But <laughs> but uh, he's one percent owned in Yahoo leagues. And so I guess I'd take that over Vanette. I mean, and it's just a, it's a target thing for me uh, with Ryan Griffin. I can I can look at it right here. He ended up with uh, nine targets, caught six for 65 yards, which, you know, if you got 12 points from your PPR tight end awesome. in a league where you were using Olsen or, or you know any of these guys that aren't that aren't producing due to injury or whatever reason, um, you would take 12 points, any kind of double digit from your PPR tight end. Right. Um, speaking of Greg Olsen, he's about 70% owned on Yahoo, 60% on ESPN. Uh, the Panthers are talking a lot about him possibly coming back this week, so you might want to check your wire to see if he's going to play as far as droppable guys. We mentioned Croft not running a lot. If you tried to take a flyer on him, you probably want to, you can happily give up on that. Austin's very Jenkins out for the season for the Jaguars. Um, Mm -hmm. Quick kicker note. We hate talking about kickers, but Greg Zerline, he's been out for the Rams should be back anytime now. I don't know exactly when, Mm -hmm. but some people dropped him. And this is, you're talking about a kicker who last year kicked a lot of field goals on the best offense in the league. So that's worth a look. Yeah, the last thing we have on RotoWire is May return week six in Denver. So week six in Denver, uh, it's a groin injury that he's been dealing with. Um, 
put mile high is great for kickers as long as you get uh, the weather decently. I was just surprised. I, I had McManus in one league and he's pretty average, you know, and, you know, not, not, not a great kicker. I, I hate starting kickers. I had McManus in one league. I dropped him and I put in, you know, five, $6 bid for Zerline because he was the top fantasy kicker. Not that long ago. I've got Matt Prater on a buy in another week. I put in a, a couple dollar bid for Zerline um, because he was out there and I'm, you know, he's, he's 41% owned. So that means a lot of people, of course, you can't blame them because they're a kicker. You dropped him. But, you know, if you're using Lutz who missed an extra point or Prater or you have one of these guys that's underperforming, it's just kind of a PSA. Like, it'll be the difference between, yeah. you know, eight points a week and 11 points a week. But that helps some weeks. Absolutely. All right. Defenses. Um, let's see. The, the Jets are a possibility against the Colts. Um, mm-hmm. the Colts have been getting hurt on, you know, they, yeah. they even though they scored 24 points, got a lot of yards last week is because they were getting killed. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the Jets have an exciting young defense, but for me, it's really kind of dependent on the Colts injury report. Who's in, who's out. All right. Um, Cowboys at home. Cowboys get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. So the, this, this game in Dallas, Jags, Cowboys should be a defensive slog. Uh, you mm-hmm. and everybody owns the Jags, but not everyone owns the Cowboys. Um, Cowboys could get some sacks here over under 41 Packers. Just, just for a note, Packers are only 52% on. I actually found them in a league today that, uh, I put a, I put a claim in on them and they're, they've got the mm-hmm. Niners coming. So yeah. you've got some, you know, that's, that's a pretty sweet spot against CJ Beathard at home. Just kind of take a look for the pack. The Packers would be my favorite if they were available. They don't quite meet our threshold, but, uh, there's, there's a team unit you might want to look for. Also, if, if you can always, you can always make an argument to target a rookie quarterback. Mm-hmm. So the Colts have to be in play. I mean, I would take the Packers over the Colts for sure, for instance. I'd take the Jets probably over the Colts even. But the Colts, 3% owned. They've got a decent number of sacks. You could think about them against Arnold. Yeah, yeah, possibly. I mean, do you do have to keep in mind that Darnold completed less than 50% of his passes last week, so it's always out there. Um, I, I guess they would come into play, but I do like the Packers. Of course, I'm always going to like the Packers, but uh, I think out of all those teams, you know, I wrote the Jets down. That's a little dependent on injuries. I like the Cowboys the best because we, we're pretty sure Fournette's going to be out. Again, they get after the quarterback. Bortles, I think, uh, has thrown the most pick sixes in the league <laughs> over the last five-ish years because he threw another pick six this past week against the Chiefs to a lineman when they were trying to set up a screen I think it was yeah I got that right yeah 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 it was pretty awful so again you see those highlights and it reminds you oh yeah you know maybe sometimes he's someone to target uh especially when he's down the offense's best weapon so no Fournette you can argue makes Bortles better from a fantasy standpoint because it's not a guarantee that they run on first down every single play uh you know they get a little less creative when Fournette's in the mix albeit that leads to usually being more effective. So you could say, oh, Bortles will be a better fantasy play because he'll throw more. They'll be a little more aggressive on first down. That also gives them a lot more opportunities to make mistakes. So with the way the Cowboys get after it, again, it's a home team. Uh, you know, when I when I look, I'm checking my defensive box. Home team, okay, check. Over under 41. Ooh, that's a definite check. And then you know you've got a big player out for the Jags. So I think Cowboys would be the choice for me. All right. Uh, they're sixteen percent owned in Yahoo leagues. That, that's pretty pretty low. So you could probably get them if you want them. All right, what else you got going on, Jake? It's college basketball draft kit time. We're about oh. a month away from midnight madness, and I know that kind of falls under the radar while college football is going on. But we took a big deep dive into all the power conferences, and then a whole lot more with projections, depth charts, previews, all that stuff's on the site right now. So. 
definitely want to check that out. Of course, rotowire.com slash pod gets you all of that. And in addition to all the great NFL content, because we can only begin to cover what we all offer in an hour long show here. And there's a ton of uh, stuff to make you a better DFS player, stuff to make you a better season long player. So definitely check it all out. Yep. Rotowire.com slash pod. Like you said, free 10 day trial, no credit card needed. So you can check out so many things on the site. Decide if you want it, but it's pretty great. Redwire.com slash pod. Folks, please leave us reviews and ratings wherever you're listening. We always appreciate that. And thank you for listening to this edition of the Redwire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Fantasy Draft. We'll be back on Thursday. DVR and I are going to preview week six, uh, starting with Giants-Eagles. So please come on back then. For Jake Latarski, I'm John Halpin. Good luck with your free agent pickups. See you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.